We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky uh, coming to you from my uh, uh, million-dollar studio. Well, actually, it's just the upstairs of my house. <laughs> That's all there is. <laughs> I've got no fancy equipment up here and no soundproofing, as you can hear when the sirens go by <laughs> out in the street. And who do I have with me today? Just a man and his microphone, John. That's all you need. <laughs> That's, right. That's all you need. Your Bible, your microphone, off we go. Uh, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, coming to you from uh, my office in beautiful South St. Louis. Yeah, uh, I, but you probably do have like $100,000 worth of soundproofing and stuff, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not no? quite. No, we you don't can, have we the can video dream cameras, though, can't we, John? Oh, I know. Yeah. Isn't that something? Uh, reminds me of the days when we used to be in the studios where they actually do have soundproofing and all kinds of fancy stuff, but that's not the world we live in. We're all working from home now, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sure is convenient, though. It um, is. And, and if that allows us to talk to you, especially when you're up in Minnesota, hey, uh, thanks be to God for technology. So I, I just want to remind people that uh, we here at Wrestling with the Basics have called for a truce in the war <laughs> against Christmas. Uh, I, I know the big complaint is people don't want to say Merry Christmas. They want to say Happy Holidays. Uh, and my thought, again, is if they're saying Happy Holidays, that's probably what they should be saying. <laughs> at least yeah. they're being honest about it. Yeah, at least that's, they're being honest. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, because that's the thing. If you want to sing about a white Christmas and, and you picture in your mind the sleigh going through the snowy hills of North Dakota, then you probably should be singing, I'm dreaming of a white holiday. Because, <laughs> Matt, what, what, when, when we talk about whiteness as Christians, what are we usually thinking about? What kind of white Christmas would we be thinking about? Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's such beautiful imagery in the Bible, especially Isaiah, you know, talking about the... Though our, our sins be like crimson, they shall be made white as snow. You know, what a powerful image. And of course, as Christians, we know that the baby that came on Christmas, Jesus, the Savior, he's the one that makes that purity, that whiteness, that forgiveness possible. Right, the, the robes wash white yes. in the blood of the Lamb. So uh, so there you go. We've called the truce. Although uh, you and I were talking about before the show that, that we, we don't want to get rid of the—I like the Grinch. I'm, I'm all for Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and to demonstrate that to you, to show that we are open to all of these worldly uh, images that go with Christmas, the next three weeks I have invited some of the key Christmas characters to come in for just short interviews. It won't be the entire show, but just for a brief interview. Uh, in fact, next week I have a reindeer coming in, Matt, and the week after that we have a uh, elf, an elf coming in, and then the third week, right before Christmas, I have a very special guest, but I, contractually I'm not able to tell you what his name is at Whoa. this point. Whoa, okay? a big name on Wrestling with the Basics. Okay. To, for, for our Christmas Eve a show on December the 24th, Fantastic. so be, be prepared for that. Uh, and, and by the way, I have some commitments the next few weeks when we're recording, so I'll be coming in a little bit late, but you can handle the interviews, can't you, man? 
I'll do my best, John. The pressure's okay. on. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just a pastor. I'm not a radio professional, so but I will do my best. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks, John. Yeah. You know, I don't think that phrase, radio professional, has ever been used in the history <laughs> of wrestling with the basics. That term has never, ever come up, except, of course, when, when Paul Clayton used to do the yeah. show yeah. years ago. That's what I'm thinking. Paul actually knew what he was doing. He, he, was, he was a pro. Uh, you and right. I, yeah, we, we, we kind of muddle through. But God is gracious. And, God. Uh, and, and, yeah, the encouragement that the shows are going to be better over the next three weeks because— <laughs> <laughs> we'll have special guests. That's right. It won't be just us. Well, good, John. Looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, arranging that for us. But 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 not today. Today, <laughs> because we're not yet in. It's don't don't jump the gun. It's not Advent season yet. We still have. This is the last day uh, before Advent starts. Um, but what did you want to talk about then, Matt? I think we got a very a very important thing as we get ready to start Advent to talk about. Sure. So one of the things we're almost going to start at the end, John. Okay. Uh, I know that sounds kind of odd, but <laughs> for uh, hey, it's resident of the base. What do you yep. expect? Uh, but Advent, Advent means coming. So that's that's what that word means, coming. So we think of of Jesus coming, and I think. First and foremost in our minds is Jesus' birth on Christmas, and yeah. and we we light the Advent wreath perhaps in our churches or in our homes, and the light grows brighter and brighter until uh, finally we write that center candle, and and Jesus, the light of the world, is, is born, and we celebrate that Christmas certainly, and that that's well and good, uh, but we also remember that. Uh, Jesus is going to come again. We think about his promised return, uh, second coming. Jesus promises that time and time again, and that certainly is an element of Advent, too. And so we're going to start there at the end, the last day, Jesus' second coming, and I think that as we have a better understanding of that event, it will help to sharpen our focus for our recognition of Jesus' first coming at Christmas. It kind of is, it's, it's almost like skipping to the end, you know, spoiler yeah. alert maybe for our, our listeners. Oh, yeah. This is, this <laughs> is how it ends up. But when, when we have this framework this, that we view Christmas through, that this is why this baby's being born, right? This baby's not just being born so that we can, you know, uh, have an excuse to celebrate on December the 25th and, you know, and have some neat Christmas songs and things. Those, those things, like we said, well and good. But um, we remember that this baby's coming for a purpose. And so we skip ahead to, to what that ultimate purpose is at his return. So, uh, yeah, that's what we'll look at today, John, as we look at Matthew chapter 25. So how far would you like me to read? I know it starts at verse 31. Uh, how much do you want me to read to begin the whole thing or a portion? What would you like, Matt? Boy, well, why don't we read the first half? Okay. So um, we it's kind of split into two parts. <clears throat> Uh, for, so verses 31 through 40. Why don't we read that and then we can discuss it. All right. Uh, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, uh, and, and I think it's interesting to note, Matt, that unlike the things that have come before here, where it's always the kingdom of heaven is like this or the kingdom of God is like this, there is none of that parable talk here. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Ahead, we're not yeah. going to get through these verses very quickly, are we? <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I, you know, you're very familiar with this text, right? And yeah. I just had the opportunity to preach on it not too long ago. And so I think we have some of these insights bubbling up we want to share with our listeners, and we're eager to do that. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, 
Yeah, first of all, this is set in the future, you know, uh, when the Son oh, of Man yeah. comes in his glory. So this is a, a future event that Jesus is talking about. So because Jesus is there now. The Son of Man is there now. He's talking to him. It's Jesus. But he's not talking about his, his ministry then and there. Um, he, but he is talking about the last day, when the Son of Man, the same one, comes in his glory. And I, I think that's interesting, John, because, you know, what we've had in Matthew's Gospel is we've, we've got the ten virgins and, uh, you know, the, the lamps of oil, um, five foolish, five wise. We've we talked about um, the parable of the talents. Remember those three servants, and they're entrusted with different talents. And those, like you pointed out, John, are parables. They're, they're stories that point us to Finally, Jesus returned in the last days. But here, his language isn't parable language, right? Um, this is Jesus is talking more about a teaching of what really is going to happen <laughs> you know, when he returns. Um, so this isn't just a parable, but it seems to be more than a parable. Yeah, and so two things, what, what you just said, popped in my mind. And so thank you for that, that insight, because number one, I'd never noticed before, but in the past— these past things are all in the past tense. Yeah. And now you're right. Now this is in the future. This is what lies ahead. Uh, not a picture of what uh, had already uh, taken place as an illustration. And then the other thing that, that you just made me think about is that's why he says when the Son of Man comes in his glory. Yeah. Because I, I never thought about that before, Matt, but you're right. The Son of Man's already come. Like you say, he's right there. But this is when he comes and his glory, which probably says something about what's going to be happening to Jesus shortly after he uh, finishes telling this parable. In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, it's what happens immediately after he finishes telling not this parable, but rather this this uh, true history of what is to come. Yeah, um, I, I think that's huge, John. You know, I'm glad you, you emphasize in his glory, because the Son of Man has come. He's standing there in front of yeah. him, flesh and blood, Jesus Christ. But he's come humbly. Everything about Christmas, Christmas is humble, right? Even Jesus' conception oh, yeah. before that, and in a virgin's womb, um, his his birth, and placed in a manger, and shepherds coming, and being the first ones to greet him, and and even recognize him as as uh, the one who's come to to save. Uh, everything is humble about it. And then Jesus' life itself, right? Um, traveling as a preacher with really no no house or home. And then certainly, as you alluded to, is, is death that's just on the horizon. Um, nothing glorious about that. Lots of humility. Uh, but when he returns the second time, it, it is glory. He's not coming in humility. <laughs> he's coming in glory. Um, he's coming as king. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out too. When he comes in his glory... So, so I got a question for you, and this comes via my wife Lynn. Okay, because I, I would never, I would never put you on the spot. Like okay, this. it's going to be a tough one if Lynn's asking. Well, it. well no, because we so we got him coming in the glory. Yeah. So that's that's distinctive here. This is not the way he had been coming in the past. Yes. Uh, and he comes with his angels with him. And the question yeah. Lynn asked me is: This all the angels? Is this the good angels and the bad angels, or just the good angels? I, I mean, the Bible doesn't say. Do you have, do you have a thought about that? Yeah, boy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. You know, all the it says all the angels with him, right? Yeah. You know, and and my the picture I have in my head is those who are um, with him, right? Those yeah. who are on Jesus' side. You know, the holy angels, the the holy angels that you know, guard and defend us. Uh, you know, Luther's morning prayer: Let your holy angels be with us. So these, in my mind, are these holy angels that are with us. And now they're going to be 
uh, perhaps seeing with our own eyes, right? Um, yeah, yeah, what a sight that's going to be. You know, that's kind of been hidden from us, and we just see them with eyes of faith, but it seems as though with eyes of sight now at the resurrection, to be able to see these angels, um, that's going to be, you know, this... I think it it speaks to Jesus as Lord of Sabaoth. Yeah, that's another title for Jesus. Oh, yeah. We even yeah. sing that sometime in our church <clears throat> services. You know, and, and Sabaoth, that's it, it, not Sabbath, doesn't mean rest. No, Sabaoth no. means um, the, the Lord of heavenly hosts. And so in my mind, at least, that's the picture I have here is Jesus rules king, reigning on the throne, Lord of Sabaoth, uh, the Lord of angel armies, Right. Um, I, that's the picture in my mind. Now, if, if the demons, the unholy angels are there, uh, boy, they're, they're, there, they're there to be judged too. You know, they're, they're there not to, to uh, revel in this return, but, but to face judgment, I would say. So, so, so here's a thought, and again, I, I wouldn't press this, and, and I don't want to be convicted of heresy either, but, okay. but it, could be, it could be that the bad angels are there to say to the people that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, come along, guys. <laughs> let me show let me, you. Let me show you your places. We got a spot for yeah, you. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You know the the the, the those on the left. Uh, they're going to go to the place prepared for the devil and his yeah. angels. You know the fallen angels, demons, and you know let me usher you to. <laughs> let me usher you to hell. So. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, that's a thought too, John, and that kind of almost gives you chills to think of it that way. That. The unholy angels are there to to kind of show those apart from Christ um, to their their eternal <laughs> their eternal home now. Well, you have that picture, you know, in Revelation in the in the, in the battle of the Armageddon, where all of the evil people gather together because they're going to do God in. And of course, after they're all gathered together, boom, that's it. It's over with. They're done. There really isn't any battle at all. It was just just God. That no better way to find out who's on the devil's side than than line them all up and see if they're in support of the devil. You know. So, well, let me finish up this. We, we'll never get done. Yeah, we've got through uh, half a verse so far, Josh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's good stuff. Yeah, good discussion. It is. Okay. I hope it is. I hope it is. I uh, hope before, so. before him, that is the Son of Man in, in, in glory, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right... Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink, or... Or when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, and when we read this account, and this is the first half, so this is the Jesus, the return of his king, talking to the sheep, those on his right. And I think that, in my mind, there's... You know, two main ways we could get this wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think one of those ways is this 
we, we, we hear this and we think, you know, the, the commended for uh, giving food and giving drink and visiting and all these wonderful things. And I think one, one air could be, oh, well, well, that's, that's, that's what gets us into heaven, right? You know, yeah. that it's the, the, the feeding that we do, the, the, the serving that we do. If we do that well enough, hard enough, uh, if we think about it, you know, hard enough and then do it, you know, uh, that's going to get us into heaven. Then we'll be welcomed into the Lord's kingdom, right? Um, and, 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 Matt, and that's, if, yes. if I can interrupt you just for a second. So, so I would spend my adult instruction, and of course, as a Lutheran, I would focus the entire adult instruction from the beginning uh, to the end on the fact that we're saved by faith and faith alone. And so this would be my last, this would be my last session. I'd say here, I've been telling you it's all about faith and apparently it's about your works. <laughs> sorry, sorry that I misled you, but you're right. That, that's the issue. Yeah. It seems like it's our works are going to save us. Yeah. Yeah. So, so John, what, what did you tell them then? Did you, <laughs> did you leave it there or did you? <laughs> well, I'm, in, I'm interested. What, what are you going to No, no. What, what are you going to tell us, Matt? What are you okay. going to tell us? Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, one, well, okay. One thing I would point out is, is how how this begins, okay? So yeah. when how does he begin to address the sheep? Uh, the owner's on his right. Uh, the king says to those on the right, Come you who are blessed uh, by my Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. So I, I think, you know, this inheriting the kingdom and something that's been prepared for you, um, that's how Jesus starts, right? Before he yeah. even mentions any good works, before he mentions feeding and, and giving drink and clothing, he says, no, come and inherit what's been prepared for you. Um, so I think that's where we need to begin. And this idea that, yeah, guess who's prepared that for us? Well, God has, and it's basically Jesus has. I think of, you know, John 14, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. And and then those those words that follow, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Um, so when you read it in that light, that this is something that's been prepared for us, even, even from the foundation of the world, that's mind-blowing. Uh, this is something that's received, right? Not earned, uh, but received in faith, uh, receiving what Jesus himself has prepared for them. So I think that that's, that's one way to, to answer that question. Well, I, I really like your connection to that passage. And see, I never made that connection before. I go to prepare a place for you. That's the promise. And now mm -hmm, that's... Mm -hmm. that, and, and here's another connection that I had never had before until we were doing this in Bible study at Freeburg, and there's a couple of retired pastors there. Uh, and and, and the, the one pastor, I, I, man, I wish I could remember his name, but he, he drew the connection to the passage in Ephesians, to the good works, again, that were prepared for us to do before sure. yeah. That same passage, however, says you're saved not by works, but yep. by faith, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ephesians 2, yep. But there are works that have been prepared, uh, as in salvation itself has been prepared. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, you know, and, and you know, so I think we can say, but no, it's not, <laughs> it is not just about the good works. That's not what gets you into heaven, right? And I think when we when we say this is, you know, as, as Lutherans, I think one way to articulate this is, uh, you know, again that the, these good things that they've done, these sheep, it's not the the reason for their salvation. No, Jesus is. He's the one who's prepared it for them. But it, it's a result of their salvation. You know, having been saved, yeah. being in Christ. Yeah, th this is what they do, um, and we need to affirm that too and uh, give thanks to God for it. 
Um, because I think that's the other ditch, John, is, is one, you know, uh, you know we, could, we err in saying, well, good works get us into heaven. No, no, that's not it. But I think the other error that we could fall into is um, maybe over-spiritualizing this parable and saying, well, you know, good works don't matter at all, right? Uh, that it's all just about, you know, um, being in Christ, and, and that's all that matters, and, and you know, w- our neighbor's needs, uh, we don't have to worry about that so much, because we're good with God. We're going to heaven. And I, you know, as Lutherans, we always say we're, we're saved, as you said, by faith alone. Yeah, that's, that's true, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but yet, we also are quick to say, hopefully, that but faith is never alone. <laughs> you know, this idea that, yeah, in faith, it's accompanied by, by good works. It's accompanied by, you know, f- you know f- serving our neighbor and, and, yeah, feeding those who are hungry and giving a drink to those who are thirsty and clothing the naked. Uh, those good works are, you know, faith is never alone. Uh, you know, as, as James says, faith without works is dead. Um, so, yeah, we, we don't want to think it's good works that get us in heaven, but at the same time, we don't want to just, you know, uh, over-spiritualize things. We're not Gnostics. No, we care about people's bodies and their needs, and, and uh, we want to affirm that, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good and right to do those things and to serve our neighbor, and in doing so, we're, we're serving Jesus. And so that was that was the uh, that was the big accusation that was made against Luther at the time of Reformation. That was the main criticism, that if you preach this business that uh, uh, you know it's faith alone that there no works are required, then well people just won't do any any works. Uh, and and uh, Luther's answer was actually until you preach faith alone, people won't do any good works because mm-hmm. they they won't mm-hmm. be doing it yeah. for the lord they'll be doing it either to get the praise of their fellow men or because they think they're going to gain some reward and, and and you know how it is you, you you have two kids when your kids did something because they thought they would get something for it because oh now you know mom and dad will take us out or they'll go buy us something that that really didn't make you happy no one's happy when people do stuff just because they think they'll get something for it uh, but we were really happy when our children would do something just because, hey, that's what I want to do for you, Mom and Dad. It's just a pure act of love. But that that doesn't happen without the knowledge of how God loves us. Could, can I throw one more thing in before yeah. we leave this? Please. Here's the other thing. So, so if you've been involved in the legal system at all, uh, uh, which I know you have, Matt. We don't want to bring that up, but that's okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah. <laughs> that, that horrible <laughs> just, Twinkie incident, you know, we want to put that behind us. Yeah, just, it's on my permanent record now. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Just, just move along <laughs> with the t- show, John. <laughs> every time you get pulled over by a cop, oh, you were the one that threw the Twinkies out of the windows. <laughs> now, but, but so I, I have I been I still involved. can't go to Chicago. They won't let me. <laughs> they won't let you. <laughs> that's right. Um, Keep getting flagged. So, so, but, but what people don't understand, in, in a trial, there's two trials. There, there's a trial that determines whether you're guilty or innocent. But then after that, they have another trial, uh, and that's where I actually got involved. I wasn't involved in the trial of guilt or innocence for one of my members, but I was called in for the second trial, which is the sentencing, the sentencing. And I've always thought that's, that's what you have here. The, the actual determination of who's guilty and not guilty as it says, you know, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Who does believe not will be condemned. That that's that's in the first verse we read there, where they they were separated one from the other. That that trial's over with and done with. We got on the right, we got on the left. There's no switching over from this point on. But what we have now is we have the sentencing. 
Uh, and it's really important that a judge doesn't simply say, well, I'm going to send you to prison for 50 years because I don't like the look on your face. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, there has to be evidence presented why the particular sentence is being given. And I think that's what is going on here. This is a very public thing. Uh, you can't see people's faith. So God can't simply say, well, these guys are on the right because they believed in me. Because then if I'm on the left, I say, well, I believe in you. <laughs> hey, there's a bit of a mistake. A typo. I should, you know. Uh, so this is, yeah. So that's how I've always seen this. Is this, this is the sentencing, which requires, of course, open, visible public evidence, and that's that's what's being given. Um, so I, I don't know. What, any other thoughts about it? No, what, I, what yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And, you know, for them, their, their, uh, their sentence, you know, is, yeah, the, to come to the kingdom, right? And yeah. uh, commend it, right? And and then we see a, a negative sentence, right, um, with, with the goats, uh, certainly, those who are apart from Christ. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, too, is it, you brought up the, the sentencing, the fact that it's an inheritance, as you mentioned yes. before, see, yes. I think that's so cool. Uh, yeah. Because how, how do you get an inheritance, Matt? What has you to don't happen do, to get an inheritance? You don't, well, you don't do anything, right? But, no. But yeah, yeah. Someone, someone dies uh, to receive yeah. that inheritance. And of course, as Christians, the light bulb comes on and says, oh, yeah, we know who's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, no, that's good. That inheritance word, inherit. Yeah, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. The other word I was going to point out too, John, is uh, when the reply of the sheep, when when Jesus oh, yeah. uh, s- says, and I, I I think I know what you want to share, but I was going to share something a little, no, little no, different ahead, here. Yeah. Uh, the reply of the sheep, um, the, uh, one word keeps coming up again and again. So verse 38, yeah. when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, ah. or Nathan and clothe you? When did, okay. when did we see you sick or in prison? Um, so this this idea of seeing, where did we see you, Lord? Um and I think, you know, we could use that uh, as an, an admonition for us to, to see those who perhaps are unseen uh, in our world today. Um, Jesus does that, right? He sees the prostitute. He sees the tax collector. He, see, you know, he sees the, the woman at the well, right, who's been with, you know, countless men, it seems. So Jesus sees them and still ministers to them and still, still loves them, frankly. Um, so, so also, I think, this, this admonition that, yeah, we, we should pray that our eyes are open so that we would indeed see those who maybe are unseen by, by the rest of the world, sometimes even by the church, um, so that, yeah, we can care for them. We can love them as, as, our, as our neighbor, um, as we're called to do. Uh, and in doing so, not only are we serving them, but we're also uh, serving and, and seeing Jesus. And, and, you know, boy, I really, I really like that, that thought, because I think one of the ways that this, this, this is misinterpreted, uh, and I've heard it preached, and God, I maybe even preached it that way myself sometimes, that, that the, the, the story here is about, oh, well, we're the people on the right, you know, and oh, you can talk about that faith stuff, but we really know it's because we're such good people, and we are. We are seeing these people and doing these good works, and, and therefore, you know, everybody on the left, that's the world. How often I've heard that distinction. We, we are the Christians, and there's the world, and, and you know, the world, they're, they're all going to go to hell uh, but but I think what you just said there, no, we, we need to remember that John tells us that God loves the world. And so when we see these people around us that, that are maybe not, they're not the people they should be, 
I, I like your call there. We should see them as people we need to love and we need to minister to. And perhaps then they'll say, what is this thing you do? What is this hope within you? And, and we, can, we can confess and tell them about uh, the God who loves us. So I, that's a great insight, Matt, uh, that this, this story is not about how we should be judging the people around us. In fact, it seems to me that's what Jesus does, not us. Uh, but to see them, to see them in their need and to love them, man, that's a great insight, Matt. Well, thanks, John. I think we got to wrap up this episode, though. But next oh, week, we we'll do. hear from our reindeer guests. <laughs>